That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Well, Jake, Jesus is King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and I don't want to serve another one. Amen. That's what a guy, that's what a guy I know used to say. I, he was like my Christian summer camp leader. He'd walk around just saying, Jesus Christ, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, I don't want to serve another. Is his name Servin Mike? Is he a cholo on Instagram who's got a big tattoo of Jesus Christ on the side of his face? Uh, I don't think so, unless he's changed a lot. This guy was named, I think, Andrew. Uh, I'm forgetting his do last you follow, name. But we digress. Do I, you follow Servin Mike ahead. on uh, Instagram? No, uh, Killer Mike. No, Servant Mike is really amazing. So um, he's like well, this. Cho- that's not. He's this like cholo gangster who became a Christian in Teen Challenge, and he just he cracks me and my son up all the time, and I love him. I wouldn't let him preach in I'll my check pulpit, it out. but he's uh, he's he's a good dude. So, <laughs> well, that's not why we're here, though. We're here to talk about Christ the King Sunday, Amen. which is the last Sunday of the church year. Woo! We go out with Jesus as a king riding on a white horse, right? That's what he's That's sitting on the throne. November 22th. Christ the king, not the Burger King. So, that's right. and uh, this is right. a very... That's the title of your sermon. That's right. This is a very important holiday, I think, especially uh, uh, for the times we are in where everybody is... Why would that be, Jake? Well, I think everybody's looking for an earthly king, or we call him a president. Why do you think that, Jake? And so... Uh, w- well, because uh, we'd like uh, control, and uh, we want our kings visible, as opposed to having God as our king. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, these this is actually a relatively new feast day mm-hmm. in the church year. It was started in the 1920s. Yeah, after by, World War One, right? Yeah, by the Pope at the time, who was an urban or a pious. They didn't have, like, normal names until, like, John Paul II. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, no, I guess Pope John, he was a normal name. Anyway, yeah, no Or John shade. Paul. Yeah, that's right. You can tell we're so, both Protestants. We have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> there were some popes. Anyways, so... Well, that was urban, uh, pious. It was like Pius the 52nd, pious. And he said, one of the things, the reason this holiday was created was to get churches uh, to forget or to, to lower the role in their own thinking of <laughs> earthly kingdoms and earthly powers, and earthly governments, Mm -hmm. and recognize the reign of Christ. And so, if you go to a church that's a little bit more on the progressive side of things, the name Christ the King has fallen on hard times because the king is a masculine figure. And so, you may be in places where this is called Reign of Christ Sunday. So, don't be don't be surprised though if you're like those same old song guys called it the wrong thing. Uh, that's just we we're old prayer book people, and that's what it is. And so we're sticking with Christ the King because that's the term used in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Which you know, I realize gender is a big discussion people have these days. But King is a person, whereas the Reign of Christ it's like an amorphous blob a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's why we like to use the uh, maybe monarch of 
the no, Christ the Monarch let's Sunday. Let's just keep it Kiris the just... King. I think it was uh, I think it was Pope Hilarius or P- Pope uh, Felix that wanted to change it to Reign of Christ Day. No, oh, is that right? No, I just made that just up. But that anyway, up. yeah, You're just making that up. I see. I'll just, go. I'll go with you. The Christ, He is the King. You know, you hear some of these these some of these hymns. The way they're altering them now, it's just so pathetic. Like, um, crown him Lord of all. And you're like, and then they want to change it to crown him servant of all because Lord is too offensive. And it's just like, it doesn't work that way, man. Well, let's uh, get off of our soapboxes and get into the text. Because no matter what soapbox you (laughs) like to speak on, dear listener, we all have to preach the gospel this Sunday. And we begin with, so the readings for Christ the King are (laughs) Ezekiel 34, uh, and then we go to Ephesians Uno and Matthew 25, made famous by a Keith Green song. So, Ezekiel 34, we begin with this incredible passage about sheep. And basically, uh, this this passage has a ton of gospel. It's almost like uh, the, the blueprints for a lot of Jesus' own ministry. And it's there's a lot of balm in Gilead here, a lot of, a lot of help for the sin-sick soul. So, this is a passage where Ezekiel is talking, the prophet is talking about uh, the people of Israel who have been exiled, uh, and they're all scattered. You know, all the, the whole dream, the whole vision of Israel as this monarchy, and it would be the light to the nations and all that, has kind of fallen apart. And so, all these sheep of Israel have been scattered to the four winds, and it's just a really bad time. And this is a prophecy about what will happen in the future. And I think the thing that just gets me is how beautiful and touching it is that God wants to bring back these lost sheep. And it's very much a picture of the one-way love of God. It goes against this whole idea that we have to meet God in the middle in, in some sense. Um, these sheep are lost, and God says, uh, I will seek them out. I will rescue them. I will bring them out. I will feed them. Uh, you know, um, Fleming Rutledge always talks about look for who the um, who is the active person in the text. Who is doing the action? Who's the subject? And the subject here is God. God is seeking. God is rescuing. God is being the shepherd. God is making them lie down. God is feeding them. God is binding up. God is strengthening the injured. It's it's really beautiful. So, this is, um, again, a picture of what Jesus will do when he comes, is to bring the lost and to save these scattered sheep. Yeah, I, you're absolutely right. You know, um, this, is, uh, this uh, prophecy takes place right after the Babylonian captivity. And um, uh, when uh, Israel uh, and uh, Judah have faced tremendous judgment, and... Um, and they are no longer a nation, really, in, uh, by all uh, the recognition of the world. And uh, really, um, uh, what the prophet Ezekiel does is he articulates here uh, the human condition as it actually is. Uh, this is these, the sheep represent humanity on a profound level. The sheep represent God's people on a profound level. And uh, part of this judgment, and you see this when it uses languages like cloud, day of clouds and thick darkness. This is an image of judgment. And he says, but I will bring them out and gather them from the countries. They have been scattered. And he's, he's going to be the one who feeds them. And feeds them by a water course, which is really wonderful. He's going to feed them with good pastures. And the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture, a.k.a. they'll be in a place that's safe from animals and other things. 
But um, uh, they have this sheet, this, this place, these animals, these people have been scattered and they've been ravaged. And I love what, how uh, this shepherd, this good shepherd is going to feed them. And this is, you know, everybody who's worried about like this king. We are not dealing, when we think of King Jesus, we are not dealing with a tyrant. You know, mm. we are not dealing with a corrupt Lord. We are dealing with a king who feeds his people justice. And why mm. does he feed his people justice? Because justice has been mediated and mitigated upon him. Uh, he is mm -hmm. a good king, and this is why we don't need to be afraid to say that word. And so, it, and uh, and so, you know, and I love this. He like brings them out, and uh, all the weak animals that have been just cracked with the horns of all of the corruption of the world. And he's the one who's going to save his flock, and they're not going to be ravaged any longer. Um, this is this is good news, and this is the good king that we have. Um, and so, um, and he, the Lord, as Ezekiel says, I love it, it's clear as day. I, the Lord, have spoken. And so hmm. this is the king that we're dealing with. And this is the king that, Yah, uh, that Ezekiel is pointing to. And in a world that is divided by world leaders, in a world where, um, uh, you know, corruption knows, uh, corruption ravages both parties. Corruption ravages the entire world. Here is a king who's going to enter into history and make it right. He's going to feed us with justice, something we're all longing yeah. for. And I, it's, a, it's a, actually a Mandalorian quote at the end. I've spoken. A lot of people don't know that, mm. but uh, just kind of like little That's Bible right. tidbit there. And I love, and guess what? Guess how he feeds us with justice and as, as the church. He feeds us with his own body. And, uh, you know, the, this, these, this language is very specific. And so um, when you come and you're hungry, you know, you're poor in spirit, you, got, you know, know for sure you have a shepherd who's also a king uh, who feeds you uh, with justice from his own body. Yeah, and let's all also take note of the fact that Jake did not uh, laugh, chuckle, or acknowledge my Mandalorian reference. <laughs> I haven't uh, which seen... Which is totally fine. I haven't seen... I'm totally fine. I haven't seen season two yet, so... Um, but, uh, so. Well, I'll let it slide. I'll let it slide. But I will say, uh, you know, again, <laughs> this is Christ the King Sunday. So what is our King Jesus like? What is God like? He's like a God who rescues people that can't bring themselves back. And in the in the world, in a world, in a world where people <laughs> always want to portray God as like somebody who's just waiting for you to come home, you strayed lost sheep. You know, he loves you and he'll forgive you, but you got to pick yourself up and come back home. That's not what this says here. He says, I will, uh, I will bring back the strayed. Uh, so if you're strayed and if your congregation is strayed, just remember God has, has them on his mind and is, and is going to, it's coming to get you. Mm. It's coming to get you. Little house of pain there. Okay. So, moving on God, you're to... just loaded with references today. Woo! Every day, Jake. Every day. Uh, so, Ephesians Uno. Uh, Super this is good. Paul beginning, beginning his letter to the church in Ephesus, a uh, big pagan city where he had a huge ministry that was super successful and also super controversial. Those pagans, they love there. Jesus. Yep, and they love Artemis, too. Right. So, it was kind of a bit of a conflict there. And uh, uh, But anyways... But he, can I just say, Go ahead. Please this do. is, look how he starts his letter. He doesn't start his letter here with get it together, as uh, a lot of ministers like to berate their congregation. You're not doing enough. 
No, he begins with, I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints. And for this That's reason, right. I do not cease to give thanks to you as I remember you in my prayers. I typically start all my letters currently this time of year with, get your damn pledge in. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. So, or your dang pledge. I mean, you are a Christian, Jake. He, you say dang. Yeah, he, but he is imputing something to these people. And it's uh, exactly very right. powerful. So you get a real insight into how to do pastoral ministry in here. You don't berate your mm -hmm. congregation. You uh, let them know how much uh, uh, of their faith, even though it may not exist, how much it's actually there. It is there. there. It is totally there. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so he, this is, Paul. yeah, Paul begins this message with kind of a word of grace. It's beautiful. And he goes on again at the end now to talk about, well, I mean, the whole thing, what God has done for them. Again, you want to talk about it like Ezekiel, God's the one that did all the things. Now God is the one that does all the things. Like God is going to enlighten your heart. God is going to enable you to, to know mm -hmm. what he's called you to. Um, and, uh, and, and, and then um, portrays Christ at the end as the one who is raised from the dead and seated at the right hand of God the Father in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. So, and I, I love that. Like, there's a lot of people that want to see God, you know, working in either my little political party or somebody other's little political party. Um, and this is just Jesus exalted over all things. You can't even begin to comprehend. Like, he's just so far above, which is, again, a word of comfort and hope. Not to say that politics don't matter and how you vote doesn't matter and all that stuff does have consequences. Absolutely. But um, as, as we've said, every government will disappoint. Every government will fail. Uh, every human enterprise has its cracks and fissures. And we'll see here... Um, that we get encouraged and reminded that Jesus is Lord over all. And I'll tell you what, as bad as you might think it is in the United States right now, people, as bad as you thought it was under Trump or as it will be under Biden or whatever, this is a nonpartisan statement. Uh, one of the things that is important to remember is that it was worse for the Ephesians in some respects. And especially <laughs> if you were Jewish in the Roman Empire. But basically everybody in the Roman Empire, I mean, it was like, I mean... It, there was, it wasn't a two-party system. It was a one-party system. It was the Roman system, and you were either in or you were out. And and Roman justice, uh. I mean, gosh, you know, only citizens, and most people were not citizens, only citizens got things like trials and due process. And most of the people, if you did anything wrong, you know, you're, you're sport for the gladiators. You're going to be Dude. crucified by the thousands if and put on posts up and down the main roads. You're going to be used as human torches. Like, it was, it was an awful bloodthirsty, no human rights, horrible treatment for women. I mean, just awful. And this, you should see yeah. Barbarian. Yeah, no, I'm Have not going to see that. No, I'm not going to see okay, it. Okay, good. It's really good. Yeah, okay. No, maybe bad. I will. I don't know. All right. But all that, all that to say is he's saying is a word of comfort to those people that Christ is in charge of all things and above any earthly power and dominion. And this was actually hugely problematic and controversial, even like, uh, you know, uh, subversive for Paul to say this back in the day, but this is what he was saying, and he was saying about a crucified Jewish peasant was above Caesar, essentially is what he was saying, and this is the flip-flop nature of the gospel, that the one who saves you is not earthly powers, but but this, this Jesus. That's absolutely right. Yep. 
I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. If you watch the show Barbarian on Netflix, there's an amazing scene where they drag in this barbarian, and uh, this uh, barbarian is really upset. So he's like a, a German, and uh, you know, and uh, they're about to take him out. And um, and anyway, uh, this other like Roman general who has been like a kidnapped son. Um, he was a barbarian too, but he was kidnapped and raised in Rome as part of like a trade treaty. He comes to like the uh, Roman general and he's like, listen, general, like in their culture, like you just can't kill another man. And uh, like they don't understand what like what we're doing. And the general looks at this like captain and he's like, there is no law but Rome. Yeah. And then they behead him. Yeah. And uh, this is like and it was like a real like powerful illustration of that. And uh, and uh, but the truth is, is that in this age, that's how it's taught. There is no. There is no law, but um, but the world's, and uh, and that that law ultimately leads to death, and uh, this is this is completely a different thing. And and what I think you need to know is is that it manifests itself. God's power manifests itself in Christ, and uh, we know that Christ is King, not because it's just something we've always believed as Westerners. Um, it's not something that's just a feeling, but as Paul says right here, God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, mm. and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. The name of Christ as your king is greater than Yahweh. The name of Christ as your king is greater than um the law of Rome and the name of Christ as king is greater than any uh, political party here. Mm. And, uh, and the reason why is because he fills all and is in all. And this becomes the enabling word actually for us to begin to treat our neighbors as ourselves and maybe listen to each other a little bit or maybe not um, see each other, especially within the church with this like visceral reaction of rage and hate. There was a great article out there about purple churches. And if you're if you're running a purple church, this is a really tough time. And you know, you're finding like parishioners that are going from one Facebook post to another and uh, posting on each other's, and it's really difficult. And to remind that you're those people, especially this is a message for purple churches, that Christ is the King and He's in all and uh, for all. Um, especially uh, the people in your church. Yeah. No, I think that's exactly right. And uh, the thing to remember here, and I would say this to people that do want to, um, you know, they get uncomfortable with the term Christ the King. What they haven't fully understood, well, maybe they have. I don't want to presume to think for them. That sounds very conceited of me. But the thing to remember about Christ the King is that he's not a king in the way a human being thinks of a king, as this someone that you use power over. I just listened to a great podcast with, Brene Brown, an Episcopalian in Houston. You may have seen her on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. Uh, but she talks about power um, as being, in the way humans think of it, it's often very masculine, it's often very kind of dominating, and it's very much like, let me make my agenda happen over and against whatever mm. other people may want. And if you look at how Jesus Christ exercises power, it is not that at all. He always completely rejects any human attempt to give him that kind of political earthly power. Uh. His power is 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 in weakness. His his strength comes in yielding. Um, he he doesn't pick up earthly power because he knows it destroys you. And mm-hmm. um, uh, he he operates in a completely different way. So just know that Christ the King 
is not a statement of earthly kind of typical understanding of power over. It's actually a hugely subversive kind of statement. It's taking that term and turning it upside down, which is which you get in this in this passage in Ephesians where it says Christ was raised from the dead. He's a def- which means he was a failed human. <laughs> like he lost. So true. And yet God raised him from the dead. So this is the kind of king that we're talking about. What, what do we remember when we're Christ the king? Well, from Ezekiel, we remember that God rescues us and restores us even when we're lost and strayed. Um, in Philippians, we're reminded that this king is a crucified one who is with the, the losers of the world, and yet it is from that position that he ascends into power. Um, and then we turn to Matthew 25, where we have this, again, this story, this passage discussed in uh, in a Keith Green song, uh, where he talks about the she- the sheep and the goats, and um, and he ends this song with a very you know very powerful and Keith Green love him he's like the Elton John of the Christian world great on the piano I'm, unbelievable and I'm a big fan I never saw it well well check check it out anyways he says at the end he kind of has this piano narration of this passage and at the end of it he says and the only difference between the sheep and the goats is what they did and didn't. Do and then he goes into this massive arpeggio and it transitions to uh, "Sleep in the Light," another great song that will make you feel like a terrible Christian. But uh, in this passage, he says there's the sheep, the ones who feed the hungry, the poor, visit the imprisoned, and then there's the goats, the ones that don't. And the sh- as as Cake, the California kind of brass mm, rock band, em. said, "Sheep go to heaven, goats go to hell, go to hell." Go to hell. It's the backing vocals there. So, um, but Jake, what is this passage really about? Uh, this uh, passage has to do with how um, ultimately we relate to this king, <clears throat> and uh, and uh, do we um, relate to this king um, based on faith, or do we relate to this king based on works? And uh, the sheep relate to him based on faith. Versus the goats who relate to him on based on work, and what basically this uh, is about here is is so um, we see uh, there's a key passage here, and Jesus brings to the sheep and he says, "Hey, when I was hungry, you did this. You know, when I was uh, thirsty, you did that. When I was a stranger, you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And the righteous answered him, "Lord, when was it?" that we saw you and gave you food or thirsty, et cetera, et cetera. So basically, they just did it. Mm. They were doing it. They were living their lives. Um, but the goats, he says the same thing. He's like, I was here and you didn't, you didn't visit me in prison. I was hungry and you didn't feed me. And they respond, "This Lord, when did we ever see you? AKA, had we known it was you, mm-hmm. we would have worked for it. Had we known it was you, we would have done something. And so you see right here what's being articulated is what the, uh, what the work of the king actually looks like in our lives uh, when we've been touched by the Holy Spirit. And it frees us up to serve our neighbor because we know that Christ is in the prisoner. It frees us up to serve our neighbor because we know that Christ is found in the hungry mm-hmm. and in the thirsty. Not because we have to, but because... We do. That's right. You know what I mean? And uh, versus, well, is Jesus over there? Is yeah. Jesus over here? Boy, it sure would make me feel better if I served Jesus this way. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's the major surprise. Whenever you're reading gospel passages or Bible passages at any time, you always got to ask yourself, like, what's the surprise? What happens here mm. that's really not expected? And what's not expected is that the good guys didn't know they were good guys. <laughs> yes. They were oblivious to it. And so this is a picture not of people who are trying to be good sheep, but of people who are just good sheep. I mean, they're just Christians right. who are loved it's and saved and forgiven, and that's and so they go, they go help the help the uh, you know the people they need help because uh, that's just who they are. Whereas the goats, as you, as you pointed out, I think so insightfully, Jake, like they if they were sort of like looking for good deeds and they just never saw mm-hmm. the Lord around, so they just didn't do anything. And it's just it, again, they're just they they're goats. And so it's oh. this isn't like a passage for Christian people to be like, which one are you? Uh, the passage is, let me show you what it looks like when somebody is a Christian. Well, let me show you what it looks like when somebody is in Christ. And now you may not be a very good sheep. Backing up to Ezekiel, you might be a strayed sheep. You might be an mm-hmm. injured sheep that needs to be bound, have your injuries and wounds bound up and healed for a little while before you turn into a sheep that's going out there and helping other other sheep. So, you know, if there's 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 gospel in this in that what it, it it's a description of the Christian life, which is one that is self-forgetting and just happens because the Holy Spirit is working in you, not because you're striving really hard and scared that you might not be enough and all that shame-motivated, fear-based behavior. That's not what's happening here. Yeah, um, just perfect illustration, I mean, of uh, goats. Um, and you can feel free to take this and say, you know, I have a friend who has had this happen, but, uh, you know, not this year because of COVID, but, you know, most every year we have a Thanksgiving dinner and, um, and we have um, that where we serve the homeless and uh, so serve those around us who need a lunch. And uh, we'll be doing that again um, just in safe containers this year. But uh, normally we get tons of volunteers to call in and that want to come in and help and want to like to uh, be altruistic. And there was one year we were just completely at max capacity with volunteers. And, uh, you know, just and some if you have too many volunteers, they wind up just getting in the way and it's just it makes a bigger mess of this thing. And so anyway, I took the call and the lady was like, I'd like to come and I want to serve uh, serve on Thanksgiving. And I was like, well, thank you so much for calling. Uh, but we're actually full uh, with our volunteers. And I said, you know, why don't you call such and such mission and see if they need help or the New York City rescue mission and see if they need help. She was like, I've called all those places in their book too. And, uh, and I said, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, and uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. She was like, no, 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 don't, don't hang up on me. And, uh, and I was like, okay. And I was like, what's, what's good? And she was like, how am I supposed to make a difference on Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I have no idea, but uh, not here at Calvary St. George's. And so, but uh you know, I was like, if you'd like to help next Thursday, you know, we serve lunch every Thursday. And if you'd like to come and help then. And she was like, no, it's Thanksgiving. And then she hung up on me. And so, but um, that's a goat. You could tell her, you already made a difference in my Thanksgiving. You made it worse. <laughs> so, uh, but it is. It's operating out of the desire to be noticed yeah. versus because you are. And never forget, dear listener. You are a sheep. As Aaron so beautifully pointed out, you may need to be nursed. 
You may need to be rescued. Uh, you may need help. And indeed, as sheep, we all do from time to time. That's why we are sheep. Mm. But we have a good shepherd who's our king. And uh, he will welcome you into that kingdom that is your inheritance. Mm. That's the other key word there, your inheritance. You don't earn it. It's given to you. Amen. So happy Christ the King Sunday, everybody. Jesus is Lord, King of Kings. Uh, my, my heart's been softened. Mm. Reign of Christ, too. That's right. Love you guys. <laughs> See you next week. Bye, everybody. Somebody's looking. Somebody cares. Somebody wonders what you're doing today. You know we crucified him, buried him. But three days later, well, the stone got rolled away. And yes, Thanks for listening to Same Old Song. Hope you found some gospel nuggets for the pulpit or for your life. If you like what you heard, leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts. Dave Zoll will be sad if you don't. Thanks to TJ Hester for audio production. And remember to keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll.